Hello and welcome to another episode of Protecting Patients, Preventing Harm. My name is Jasmine Saluja, and this is the fifth episode of my Capstone podcast for my project, Protect to Prevent on Medical Malpractice. With me today, I have Ms. Rini Malfa. Rini Gleason Malfa became the first alumna head of school for St. Paul School for Girls in July 2019. Prior to returning to SPSG, she was head of the upper school at Roland Park Country School, where she had an exemplary tenure as an administrator and faculty member. Irini is a lifelong science educator and school administrator with 20, 28 years of service. A Baltimore native, Irini earned a Bachelor of Arts in Earth and Planetary Sciences and a Master of Science in Education, both from Johns Hopkins University. Today's episode will cover Ms. Malfa's account on her mother's malpractice suffering, the impact her mother's malpractice suffering had on her and their family, her perspective on medical malpractice, and some advice on what we can do to protect ourselves. Firstly, I wanted to give you a big thank you, Ms. Malfa, for interviewing with me today. I'm confident that we can learn from your mother's story, the impacts the event had on you, and take away some helpful advice. Thank you for sharing such a difficult story, and I'm sorry that your family had to go through something so traumatic. Thank you again. Thank you. Happy to be here. First question. What type of, what type of malpractice did your mother suffer? Can you share the story? Sure. So she went in for routine cataract surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, they do that surgery one eye at a time. Mm-hmm. And so it was the first eye that was having the procedure. And um, everything seemed okay uh, mm-hmm. post-surgery. And then uh, you have a quick follow-up with the doctor. And I think that was the first indication that maybe something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the doctor didn't feel anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I can't remember exact timing, but probably within, you know, 48 hours, maybe three days Mm -hmm. post-surgery, she found herself in for an emergency procedure um, so that she wouldn't lose that eye altogether. Wow. So things really turned fast. Very fast, yes. Um, So what was the root? Could you go into details Mm -hmm. about like what was causing this? So later we would find out, um, you know, usually, I guess I'll start with the beginning, what was the first indication that something was wrong? Usually Mm -hmm. when you have cataract surgery, Um, on that first check, your vision is much more clear. Mm -hmm. And um, she wasn't having that effect. So she was still having a lot of blurriness. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the first indication that something was wrong. Eventually, um, she grew to have discomfort in the eye, which definitely was inflammation and things were definitely not right. So that's what caused the follow-up procedure. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, we learned that the wrong lens was implanted in her eye, which caused sort of a chain reaction of uh, rapid scar tissue growth. Yeah, very big deal. And inflammation that she still has to control to this day. That's insane. I wonder how they got past, like, how they messed that up because Hmm. that's, (laughs) like, you have to have inventory and it goes through, like, multiple people checking Mm it. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even realize when they were putting it in or, like. Well, they did know. So the, the, oh. it, later in the story, okay. <laughs> well, um, yes, if we fast forward to, um, you know, when my mother uh, filed a lawsuit against the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the discovery for that suit, we learned that they actually, in the notes from surgery, mm-hmm. had known that the wrong lens had been brought to the OR. But instead of sending someone wow. to retrieve the correct lens, they decided to go ahead and implant the one they had. So they just didn't take that little bit of extra effort, and that's going to cause that's correct so much so trouble. Much. Lifetime, the rest of her life, right? A change to her vision. And she's older. She's a geriatric patient. So she is. with yeah. that age, she's having all these probably mobility issues that come with that age. And losing her eyesight at that time is... Yes, because if wow. she basically has no vision out of that, I mean, 
she's legally blind in that eye. And wow. it's um, when she describes it, it's not that it's a total loss of vision. It's mm-hmm. just that the vision is so distorted oh, out of that yeah. eye. It's yeah. no, it's really not useful. So yeah. it creates a lot of issues with peripheral vision mm-hmm. and even um, like depth perception and being able to see when you're walking if there's a trip hazard on the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely had a huge effect on her. Yeah. Um, you said that the cataract was on her first eye. That mm-hmm. was, did she ever go back to get the second eye? She did. Was that one? <laughs> that, well, we went to a different doctor. That's okay, for good. sure. So, that's good. <laughs> um, the, the result of the first surgery, they did a procedure, uh, the emergency procedure basically removed all the fluid out of the inside of her eye, mm-hmm. um, and then replaced that with saline and, mm-hmm. um, and really, that was all they could do. So mm-hmm. she, uh, for that eye, has been on um, eye drops for the rest of her life that control. Dry eye. Yeah, and it controls the pressure, too. So she yeah. takes a, mm. um, instead of taking a steroid orally, she has a steroid drop mm. that, um, you know, similar to what a glaucoma patient might mm-hmm. need to help mm-hmm. control um, the pressure in the eye. She does a similar thing. So mm. um that's been relatively easy and thankfully, mm-hmm. you know, if that pressure had increased, she would have lost the eye altogether. Yeah. Um, but the drops have allowed her to keep the eye, Good. which at least from a cosmetic standpoint, you know, is important. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and eventually she had to have the second surgery done. Mm-hmm. By then, um, she had moved to really, uh, she was being treated at the Wilmer Eye Clinic mm-hmm. and um, thankfully was really with a world-renowned eye doctor there, Um, you know, because at that point it was really such a sensitive thing to then have the second surgery, right? And know that if something goes wrong on that surgery, she really would have no sight. Yeah. Wow. So she did it. It was nerve-wracking, but she did it. What would you say was the scariest part of having a loved one suffer from medical malpractice? The actual malpractice, the after effects on Mm. her health, the impact on your family, on you? Oh gosh, I think it's hard to pick one thing. I think in whatever, the, however many. In the immediate, <laughs> in the immediate, it was really stressful. So yeah. when we knew that there was something wrong and she was going in for this emergency procedure, mm-hmm. that was really stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was in her seventies and and in good health, mm-hmm. but you know, it didn't seem like a simple procedure. She was. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was an emergency, she was seeing a doctor that, you know, we had no choice in. It was, mm-hmm. we just had to now trust, even yeah. though things had gone so wrong. Yeah. And at that point, we didn't fully understand how wrong things had gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I would say in the immediate aftermath, it was just this feeling of, what do you mean? Cataract surgery is supposed to be it's so routine. Simple routine. It's so simple. Yeah. Everyone gets it all the time. You yeah. never hear Stories Anything. of things going wrong. Yeah. Why? What went wrong? Why did something go wrong? Mm-hmm. And just really the fear of her losing her eye, right? Like, yeah. I just knowing, you know, my mother, I, and I think for any woman, mm-hmm. you know, that would be, or for any it's person for that matter, yeah. would have been really incredibly hard. Yes, for sure. Um, and so that was, was, that immediate moment was stressful. I think the yeah. long term was also equally hard. You know, she no longer could drive. So she yeah. went from, she could drive. Legally, she was allowed to drive. She lost all confidence in that. So mm-hmm. um, she stopped driving at a much younger age than mm-hmm. she probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pregnant with my first child. And it wasn't until 
actually, he was probably a couple years old, that mm-hmm. she actually revealed to me that she was always, she was scared to carry him and mm-hmm. walk. Because of you know, the fear of dropping him. The fear of dropping him or if she tripped over something Aww. she couldn't see well. So that was the beginning of me understanding. The impact that it really it, had. Yeah. And it's just little things like she's, and it's not so little, especially now in her older age. Like yeah. she loves to read the newspaper, you know, loves to read the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. That's she a hard likes. thing to do. Yeah. Um, she can see the print, but the one eye, it's a strain. It causes, it causes a lot a strain, of eye strain. Yeah. So she can't, you know, she has to read it in bits and pieces, yeah. that kind of thing. And there's some things that definitely no classes can correct the vision well enough for her yeah. to be able to see. Yeah. That's really hard, especially yeah. with her age. And you mentioned the kids. Yes. That's really difficult. And she did have one very serious fall. It'll be hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to know. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's hard to know. Was that caused because... Because she she couldn't couldn't see. see. It happened at a threshold, you know, so, or was it just a fault, right? Yeah. You know, and so it brings a lot of questions up like that over time. I'm sorry. That that is not hard. Yeah. And it's the impacts carrying down on you and the kids weren't able to be held. And I'm sure that's causing a lot Mm -hmm. of stress on you guys to Mm -hmm. like drive her around and stuff now that she isn't driving. It's a lot more responsibility. Um. You mentioned that a court case was filed. Can you speak on it as much as you're okay. allowed to do yeah. like, legally and stuff and you're comfortable doing so? Absolutely. So I think um, it started to become clear when she was being treated by another doctor that mm-hmm. um, it was unlikely that this was, you know, I think our initial thoughts were, was there some kind of infection mm-hmm. that set that caused in this. during yeah. the surgery, right, yeah. that caused this? And once she was seeing uh, the new specialist at the Wilmer, um, Mm -hmm. it was pretty clear that it was unlikely that this was just an infection that Mm -hmm. she picked up during surgery, that there was probably something else that was going on. And in particular, the rapid, he could see this rapid growth of scar tissue in Mm -hmm. the eye um, had to be triggered by something. So, um, you know, I... It's funny. I don't. We. I wasn't really a part of the discussion with my parents around mm-hmm. filing this suit. Mm-hmm. But I think my mom really felt strongly that this had so dramatically changed her life, mm-hmm. and in ways that you know, even at that point, we didn't fully understand. Yeah. That she just felt like she wanted to pursue it, okay. and um, and so she did. So okay. they had a got a lawyer. We actually happen to have a family friend who has a, um, uh, what, what is, yes, a practice, but it's, it absolutely specializes in not just malpractice suits, but these kinds of suits that you bring. And, um, so that also probably made it easier, right? Mm -hmm. That she had someone that she could easily reach out to, to get some advice. So they decided to move forward with it. And, um, you know, it never went to court. It was settled. Um, which I think probably, if I had to guess, a lot of malpractice do, yeah. suits end up happening. But um, in that process, they, you know, they had to go see a third-party expert for an evaluation. Mm-hmm. So my parents traveled. Um, actually, I think it was a doctor at Yale up to uh-huh. New Haven yeah. to get that sort of third-party expert opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, there was a lot of discovery in the case. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you guys found out what we actually, actually really found out what happened, wow. which I think was maybe. The next super, super painful part 
of the story, at least for my mom. Easily been avoided. Well, that and what I didn't share is that she knew this doctor well. So um, the doctor had was the daughter of one of her longtime family friends. Oh. My mom had actually babysat her. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so it made it, it, even, makes more, it even more complicated. It made it even more complicated. Oh. So um, I think it just made it. It just definitely made it harder to understand how preventable this was. Especially for her. Yeah. That must have been frustrating for you guys, too. Like, we trusted someone who we knew and It was infuriating. Yeah, it was infuriating. You felt like this whole whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Um, Has her suffering impacted the way your family feels about healthcare professionals slash facilities and your trust in the medical system? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I think there's no way for it not to. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I think it's funny because in a lot of ways, I am I feel confident in saying this, that we were raised, we were brought up um, to have a lot of respect for, particularly for people with advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing, my, my own father was a PhD and knowing, mm-hmm. you know, what it took to, to earn that degree that. Yep. and be successful. I mean, I think... Yeah we probably looked at doctors the same way. Um, I have a level of respect for them. Absolutely. And I also, but I also want to say we probably looked at doctors and realized like they're not all created equal, right? They're all human beings and they can make mistakes and they're also probably only as good as their training, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I, I do think there wasn't, we didn't have an attitude of doctors are infallible Mm -hmm. um, or that they know everything. But there was definitely, um, I don't know that we would question quite as much as maybe post this experience, Mm -hmm. we found ourselves questioning. And certainly as my parents, they're, you know, they've aged. And then my father, who's now gone, um, he had chronic illness. So we had a lot, we dealt a lot more with hospitals and doctors. Yeah. I think you start to realize when you start questioning, questioning is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. That there's... Um, some doctors could take it as you challenging, mm-hmm. um, but really wanting to fully understand, yeah. you know, asking questions so you feel like you really fully understand what's going on, mm-hmm. what the course of treatment is, what the possible side effects are, sure. repercussions. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think more often we would have prior to this just ex- accepted yeah. the answer without asking too much. She would have or, trusted that. Yeah. 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 And I think a part of that is the doctor and the healthcare professionals, the team's responsibility to inform you in mm-hmm. layman's terms of what the procedure would be, yes. what the side effects, all the things that you brought up. And the other part is us to ask when we don't know and we want to clarify something because it's on us at the end of the day. It's, we're the ones who are yeah. going to suffer if something goes wrong. Absolutely. And I think, I, you know, it's funny because I've had this happen to me, certainly around my father's end of life where... Um, you know, you'll start asking questions mm-hmm. and sometimes a doctor will say to me, have you been on Google? And they mm-hmm. say it in a way that's makes you sound like you're, yeah. makes you sound like, almost guilty for asking. Correct. Something. Like it's not yeah. okay. Don't get on Google. It'll yeah. just take you down a rabbit hole. And sometimes I think that's true. Yeah. But I also think it's a great res- resource that when terms are being thrown at you mm-hmm. and you don't understand what they are or you know, things are happening quickly and you're not even sure what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. It can be a quick way to sort of get yourself a little bit up to speed on what's going on yeah. and, and be able to think through what your questions mm-hmm. are. So that's one one thing I think we 
definitely started to do very different. Uh-huh. Sure. What is one thing you wish you or your family had done differently when your mother was in the hospital and had suffered the malpractice or before the procedure? Hmm. You know, I think in this case, there was probably nothing we could have done to avoid this happening. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will never know is if we had acted just a little bit faster. So from that first visit where the vision was still blurred, yeah. if instead of accepting the doctor's answer of everything's fine, come back in, a couple days. in two days, yeah. um, if at that moment we had said, wait, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And pushed for it. Maybe. And pushed for it. And and I've thought about what is pushing for it mean. I mean, push it with push it with that doctor or just say to yourself, Go to the emergency room, right? Like even if you can't get in with, if we couldn't have probably at that time imagined, right, who we would go to, Mm -hmm. she'd been our family eye doctor for forever, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not sure there would have been someone at our fingertips just to get in too quickly. But, you know, I'm not sure what stopped us from saying, just go to the emergency room, Mm -hmm. right? And see what they have to say about it. I think it from what I've my own when my own grandmother mm-hmm. passed away from malpractice. I think it's you trusted the doctors and yeah. you trusted that they know what they're doing and you should trust in their decisions. Yeah, I I agree, and I but I also think like we have to we have to trust that we know our bodies too. I right, hundred percent. And agree with that. I do think that's something that maybe some of us are better at than others. Right, yeah. having this sense that something's not quite right. Yeah, but. I think we had a sense that something wasn't quite right and we ignored it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just think trusting in our own instincts too it's also important. is also really, really important. Sure. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not sure. I know we couldn't have prevented this, but I just wonder if we could have acted faster and if it Maybe acting faster. The effects of it. Yeah. Because by that point, I think if I'm remembering correctly, the scar tissue had already adhered in so many spots that, that it was removing that lens and putting the right one in wasn't really an option really not an option yeah I was thinking that when you were telling me the story yeah. but then came back to the yeah. same conclusion what is one piece of advice you could give to citizens that we could use to keep ourselves safe in a healthcare setting mm. one well, or many one of many I think <laughs> I've given a couple but I do yeah. think you know ask lots of questions okay. don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you should be afraid of Google. I think it can take you down a crazy path, right? You're mm-hmm. not a doctor. You can't diagnose. Yeah. But use it as a resource to make sure you understand the terms. Or don't be afraid to say, you know what? I don't understand what you just said to me. Mm-hmm. You know, th- you got to explain it to me in a way I can understand. Yeah. There's not, there should be no embarrassment by that. You know, if you're not the a doctor, you haven't been to medical school, you're how not, are you supposed to know? Yeah. How are you supposed to know? So exactly. I think, you know, realizing that, you know, asking more questions is an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's, you know, actually, I think another thing is one other piece of advice. If you have someone who can be a second person, so if it's you, mm-hmm. right, if you're the one who... Is, is the patient. Is the patient. Yeah. I really think, if at all possible, having a second set of ears yes. is really, really, really helpful. Having an advocate for yourself. Yeah. For because, sure. And that person can be the one who maybe is taking some notes, frankly. Mm-hmm. Or, um, 
you know, because if like if you're finding yourself in the hospital and you're being told you need X, Y, and Z, your emotions you really are high. It, yeah. Yeah. And that makes it hard to think clearly and it makes uh-huh. it hard to really take everything in. Totally agree. Yeah. And um, I think having a second purse, second set of ears yeah. can be really helpful. That's great advice. I definitely agree with that and think that from my grandmother's experience, having her family there and my their, mm-hmm. my parents and like everyone there to be there as her ears and eyes because yes. she was completely out of it. Mm-hmm. So having someone be there and a previous episode that I just did with Ms. Christy Coral, she said her wife being there as she was taking notes. She had like a little book that she was mm-hmm. seeing notes in and just having someone there to advocate for her was a very big part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a big, I agree, and I'm, I'm so sorry about your grandmother. I mean, I think that's really you. true. If someone is not conscious yeah. or or maybe they're conscious but not really lucid, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't agree with you more. You've got to have. Yeah. And that's really hard. I mean, I think depending on people's circumstances, yeah, whether you're able to take possible. off of work, you know, it's, yeah. I, I feel lucky. It's been a privilege for me with my parents that I've been in a situation financially and with my career where you've been able to be there for them. Yeah. Or my sister, one of us has been able yeah. to drop everything and be there, but not everyone's in the same boat. And yeah. so, you know, again, what are some of the workarounds? Well, maybe when the doctor comes in, you say, hold on, I'm going to call my spouse and put That's them on idea. speaker. So they hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, you have to be looking out for yourself. Yeah. You know. 100% agree. Um, thank you for those wonderful pieces of advice. Before we close off, I want to give you another big thank you for joining me in this episode today and for sharing such a difficult story. And confidently say that I have learned a lot from your mother's story and appreciate your advice and hope that the listeners feel the same way. And with that, this is the end of this episode. Stay tuned to join me for the next one.